Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. All right, episode five, First and Pod. We will get into week two in a little bit. Uh, subscribe, rate, review, share with your friends, every team, every game, every week, either previewing or reacting to the game. That's what we do here. Pony, Thursday night football ended moments ago. I thought that was an AFC championship preview. We both liked the Chargers for the Super Bowl. That's the weirdest game of the season so far. And the funny thing is Herbstreit and Michaels are still talking about it because the audio mix was so far off that the game actually ended a half hour ago, but they're still talking about the two-minute warning right now. Oh, my God. Like, like Twitter was in one place, and then, like, you're, like I had a group chat going with a couple of buddies and I who have were in a picks contest, in the, in the Circa picks contest, and all three of us were 30 seconds apart from each other on the Amazon stream. Like it was such a weird and you can't change the channel with the game yep. being on Amazon. So there's nothing you can do during commercials. It was a that was a weird experience for a football game. Well the picture was great and I thought that the broadcasters when it was synced up to the game. Yeah. Obviously Michaels is the goat and Herb Street is fantastic on college football and will find himself some of the things he said about Herbert tonight were just ridiculous. Like guy needs to come through late in games. Are you kidding me? Uh, the, what, what did he do on all those fourth downs in week 18 last year against the Raiders? He was unbelievable. So I didn't get that part of it from him, but he'll, he'll find himself. This isn't Troy state Appalachian state game day, Kirby. Let's go. Yeah. And and I I thought the graphics were good. And like the use of like the next gen stats and analytics were good. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fine broadcast. They got to get the tech right. But man, what about on the field? What Pat, Pat Mahomes threw like, Four interceptable balls, all dropped. The first interceptable ball that Herbert throws is a 99-yard pick six. Yep. There are three punts by Brandon Staley from midfield. Andy Reid takes his timeouts into the half with 50 <laughs> seconds left. Yeah. What he what what are they doing? What happened? Who were right. those who were those coaches? Aren't those two of the five best quarterbacks in football? Well, Reed has been a nightmare with game management his entire career, so that part doesn't surprise me. But we were sold a bill of goods on Staley that he was going to be cutting edge with this crap, and he's not. He was awful. It's like he's he's kowtowed or he's gone in the opposite direction because of ex- external pressures or maybe his owners finally gave in and said enough is enough. We're not going to go all in on the analytics anymore. And plus his offensive coordinator isn't very good. They got to get a new offensive coordinator. They play it way too close to the vest. They play it way too safe. They're trying to shove Austin Eckler down our throat in this game. I get it. They didn't have Keenan Allen, but still. Um, I actually, I thought Herbert outplayed Mahomes, but I actually come out of this game feeling worse about the Chargers because their coaching scenario, obviously Herbert's ribs, and then the offensive lineman going down for LA too. Lindsley, who's great, the center, and they lost their other tackle too. 
Yeah, I was going to mention Lindsley. I, it's so weird, though. Like, I bought, I bought it all with Brandon Staley. And you read about it, and it was like, it's a mindset. And the team bought in. And if we fail the first time, we're going to do it the second. If we fail the second, we're going to do it the third. The only thing that I could think of was he was hyper-aggressive last year because there were injuries on defense, and he had Herbert. So his logic was, put an extra emphasis on my offense. And now he's got Derwin James back. He's got Khalil Mack. He has J.C. Jackson. Obviously, they have Bosa. Maybe he feels like he's a defensive coach by trade. Maybe he feels like he has a top 10 defense and he can play ball possession a little bit more. But punting from midfield on fourth and two with Justin Herbert when Pat Mahomes is on the other side, that, that's insane for Mike McCarthy. It, it, it's it's indefensible. I, I didn't, Last I year, he was watching. going for fourth and two on his own 20 against Kansas City. That's what I'm saying. It was it was just so jarring. It was out of nowhere. And then you mentioned the ribs with Herbert. The third down scramble at the end of the game, he just like tosses the ball instead of taking another step or two. But then on the next play, fires a 30-yard laser down the field. Like what the hell is going on in that game? I know. It didn't make any sense. I know. Mike Williams stepped up for Allen and was awesome. He played an excellent game. Kansas City, you know, if you go through their box score and their stats, it's like, how do they win? Mahomes had a pedestrian game. Uh, Kelsey didn't blow up. Juju did nothing. Justin Watson caught a long ball. And uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire probably had the best rushing performance since the week one game of his rookie year. I mean, it's it's not, you know, to be L.A., even a Chargers team that wasn't at full strength, you, you think fireworks, shootout, Mahomes is going to have to play A-plus football and be better than Herbert, but he wasn't. And for them, actually, I would spin that as a positive. We weren't even close to the Kansas City Chiefs tonight, and we still beat the team that's considered, if not, you know, Buffalo's probably their top contender. But then you, the Chargers, the odds makers said we're next. Yeah, so they played far from a perfect game and beat them, Danny. Yeah, you're you're right, and we'll get to the rest of the games here in just a second. I I thought that neither team played well. Like it, Mahomes literally threw four or five balls that could have been intercepted. The Chargers could have won that game by 21, and they lost. But then the coaching stuff that you're talking about and the injury stuff that existed for the Chargers, like I don't feel like you can feel good about that game and that performance for either of those teams. And I consider those two of the four best teams in the NFL. Right. Like I just, I, I expected a much higher level of football than we got tonight. And maybe it's just the Thursday night thing. Yeah. Th- Thursday night, early in the season, the, the whole thing. But like, it was just that those were, that was like C C minus games from, from both of those teams. I just, it was compelling. It was close. It was fun to have the new Amazon wrinkle. Uh, the jerseys looked great. There was star power everywhere. But I, I thought that was a horrible football game. I really did. All right. This week also, and I don't mean to just be negative here, but we get Chiefs and Chargers out of the way. And then we get the double header on Monday night with Titans, Bills, and Vikings, Eagles, which, you know, Bills may be the best team. Vikings, Eagles, a point total like 54. It's not a very good 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central slate. Bengals, Cowboys, Bengals a seven-point favorite. Jerry Jones committed to Cooper Rush. You think that lasts after this game? 
Uh, I have a weird feeling Cooper Rush is not going to be the reason why the Cowboys lose this game if they even lose. So let's start there. Okay. Uh, I know that he's been cut and he was undrafted and he's been in the NFL or on practice squad since 2017 in Dallas. But I liked what he did against Minnesota last year on Halloween night when he went in there and won. And I actually think, you know, we kind of got rushed into the Cowboys talk on our last show because they were the Sunday nighter. And then the Prescott stuff broke late for us. Yeah. But thinking back on that game, I actually think for a backup quarterback to get thrown in there, their defense was very good against Tampa. Fournette had a monster game. Other than that, Brady and had 212 yards. All they did was kick field goals other than one touchdown. And if you look at the numbers, Elliott ran the ball well. They just got down in the game, so they turned into a passing team, and Prescott was terrible. So Cincinnati comes in. They couldn't block the Steelers. Now it's Micah Parsons. I think that line is way too big, and I think Rush is going to make Jerry Jones look good. It won't last. It'll be fleeting, but I think Rush actually plays a more than competent game on Sunday, Danny. I think you're what he has around him – it, you're right. I mean, they, they scored, what, three points? And C.D. Lamb didn't look very good. So all it'll take is a top three offense from Cincinnati to get out to a 14-point lead, which we know they can. And then they're going to be one-dimensional, and they're going to have to pass, and Hendrickson will get after them, and it's going to get ugly quick because it isn't a great pass-protecting offensive line for Dallas. Uh, my thing with Dallas is, is Jerry Jones telling the truth? Like is is Dak Prescott going to have surgery on his hand and miss three games? Like is that is that actually possible? That reminds me of Russell Wilson last year, and he was not the same player after he came back. So right. I think that I think there's urgency there because Jerry's so old and he doesn't like punting on seasons. So he's going to make I think a short sighted decision on Dak Prescott that might affect him down the road. Yeah, I, it just how he's handled it publicly like, and everything that comes out about the Cowboys publicly is is weird because the owner is also the general manager who also calls into talk radio and hosts post-game press conferences. Yes. Like, it's just, it's just, <laughs> Which so, I it's, love. There's more transparency I, I, with that franchise than any team in the league. Yeah, I, oh, by, but then the rest of the league combined. Like it's, it is, it's unbelievable, but it, it also makes for a confusing flow of information sometimes where you're like, is he telling the truth or did he just like have too much Johnny Walker blue and he's telling us too much or is he, is he drunk? Like, I, I don't know what's going on, but it, so if that, da- if Dak is only out three weeks, then, and they, you know, they get Gallup back and you you're right and they steal a game or something with Cooper Rush Jason Peters gets activated and everything else yeah like maybe we buried him a little early but we initially thought six to eight weeks and he was missing all of those division games plus the Rams game you know if, if he misses five weeks it's three division games Bengals and Rams so there's a huge difference between obviously missing three and missing five so my thing about Dallas has been are they are they real? But since he needs to look good in this game, everything is there for them after that game against uh, your Pittsburgh Steelers. Since he needs to come out and hang thirty five on the board, like I know Lawrence and Parsons are great pass rushers, and Watt was disruptive, but like this is this is a spot where Joe Burrow has to hang a big number, right? On. And I think they're such a young team still. 
that some of the things that got said about them before the season started, are they a fluke? They were lucky. They never got hurt last year. Right. Yeah, I think there might be some doubt that gets created there if they either win ugly or lose the game outright that might not exist for other teams where they could have two bad games to start the year and be fine. And I'm just not convinced about that with them. Danny, your team plays Sunday night. Uh, Aaron Rodgers told an old lady at Soldier Field that he owned the Bears, uh, which might be an upgrade. Do do they like ownership in Chicago? Do they like the uh, McCaskey family? Bears fans did not love being told that they were owned by Aaron Rodgers, but then in the next breath, they'd be like, "Eh, but he might do a better job. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So let's see if it's deja vu because he sucked in week one last year. And that was incredible the rest of the season. Uh, what do you think? Do the think Bears that, have the Bears caught lightning in a bottle and does it happen two weeks in a row? I don't I don't think so. I, I, I think the Packers win. I, I think they probably cover. I think they're a much better roster. They're at home. And not because of all the narrative stuff, but man, the Vikings made Aaron Rodgers very uncomfortable. Like their their pass rush got home. In, the two tackles game. were out. Right. But like Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn are good players. The rest of the front seven is pretty unproven. Like Dominique Robinson had a sack and a half. He's a rookie. Nice player. Uh, Travis Gibson, Kyrus Tonga. There's guys that like you kind of like a little bit, but the Bears front seven is not the Packers and the Packers are getting healthier. We'll see which of their offensive linemen come back, which ones don't you know, over the course of the next couple of weeks with Bakhtiari and Jenkins. But Lazard is expected to play. That's a huge deal. And I just think that Green Bay at home with Dylan and Jones against the Bears front seven that doesn't have Akeem Hicks or Khalil Mack anymore, I think they're going to run at will. And then you're going to bring the safety into the box. And then Rodgers hits you over the top. And and he just owns – he beats the Bears. He just does. It's what it's what the guy does. So I'll believe it till I see it that it's going to go the other way. Yeah, I think the weather and Lance making his first start with the pressure on him to be the guy with the great equalizer in week one. And we know that that doesn't exist uh, for this game. Right. So Bucks Saints, this is a fun game because there's just so much weirdness that, that can happen here. Like New Orleans oddly has Tom Brady's number and it's not a small sample. So it's a trend that we have to at least consider being relevant. Do you think it continues? New Orleans mastery of Brady, you do? I do, actually, yeah. I think that, you know, of all the things that might be question marks on the New Orleans end of things, you know, the defense, because it's Allen who's the head coach there, with largely the same personnel group, like there's not, to me, as much, you know, much of a question or wonderment about, like, do they have the ingredients or do they have the personnel to, to make it a tough day for Brady. He's got five receivers on, on the injury report. They are banged up. They did not look good offensively in week one other than the running back. I think they're going to have to throw the ball to win the game. Godwin's not going to play. So I think you add that up. It's in the dome. I give New Orleans more than a puncher's chance to win the game. And I think for the second consecutive week, Brady just puts up okay numbers. Yeah, so New Orleans is 4-0 against Brady uh, since he's been in Tampa in the regular season. They've won seven straight overall in the regular season. Tampa did get him in the playoffs, obviously, in the divisional round. I don't know, man. Like I just – Jameis and Dennis Allen against Tom Brady. I know it's surface-level analysis, but I 
it seems hard to believe, even though we've seen it before. The New Orleans thing, that is, go ahead. No, I, he's not a good, he has not been a good road quarterback in Tampa. I know he went on the road and won. It sounds stupid because that's what they did to win the Super Bowl. They won three road games. Right. But if you look at him against the spread and you pull up splits home and road, they're more pronounced than they are with most great quarterbacks since he's gone to the Bucs. It's just facts. What do you make of how New Orleans, like, so Michael Thomas has two touchdowns. They use a first-round pick on Alave. Kamara's back healthy. And Taysom Hill was awesome. In his role, he had like 80 yards on four carries in week one. Like, if Jameis can figure out how to get Kamara involved, and he really has not been great at that, like throwing the running backs out of the backfield in his career is much more of like a downfield stretch the field guy. It does feel like they could be a top 10 offense when you think about all the skill position guys that they have there. It's great. Yeah, you're, le- you're leaving out Landry, too, who hit a big one right. in that game, and he's not known as a downfield guy. Now, Kamara, we don't know how healthy he is for this game. He's been on the injury report all week. Uh, You're right to say what you did there about the way that he uses running backs out of the backfield. The other thing, too, about this game is that you were all over the fact that the Bucs offensive line was in flux, not the same as last year. I think the Saints front is way more imposing than the Cowboys. Obviously, Parsons is a problem, but as an overall unit, I think they'll get home with four guys, and I think that that takes Brady out of his game, which makes the, you know, what what does Jameis have to do? I don't think they're going to have to score a lot of points to win this game, Danny. It's a huge game early for my, uh, that I gave out on the NFC preview pod for Saints to win the division. Yeah, Saints Saints plus 350 uh, to win the division, given that they stole that game week one against the Falcons. So, So huge spot here. All right. 